0: Are you tired of listening to ads and just want the story? With the Tales of the Forgotten membership, you'll get ad-free episodes of all our shows, like this one, and you'll be supporting the creators and stories that you love. Go to talesoftheforgotten.com backslash membership. But hey, we like to spoil you. So a Tales of the Forgotten membership also offers bonus content like character audio files, artwork, exclusive shows, first looks at scripts, and a lot more. So go to talesoftheforgotten.com membership or just click the link in the description.
1: Hello, I'm Daniela. What's your name? Ah, well, it is wonderful to make your acquaintance. If you've got some time, I'd like to tell you a story that happened not so long ago. Are you ready? Good. Let's begin. Chapter 1. Meet the Crofts In my dream, the angel shrugged and said, if we fail this time, it will be a failure of imagination. And then she placed the world gently in the palm of my hand. Story people. Once upon a time... No, wait. You're an adult. That's not catchy enough for you. One moment. It was a dark and storming... No, no. That won't do either. Just a second... Colin Croft wasn't the type of man you'd see behind bars. Neither was his wife, Nia. In fact, the Crofts were not the type of people anyone would ever accuse of wrongful parenting. Regardless, that's exactly what the charge was against them. It was a very serious charge, punishable by... Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We'll start at the beginning.
2: Allie! Ethan! Let's go! We're coming, Dad.
0: What's all that stuff? Stuff for our experiments. Dowsing rods and a few crystals and an electromagnetic- What's a dowsing rod? It's used to measure the Earth's energy field. I want to see how strong it is around the stones.
3: The chambers are on ley lines, too.
0: Exactly. They probably have some untapped power.
1: Colin's amusement with the conversation deepened the laugh lines around his mouth. I dare say he was a handsome fellow. The lines of grey decorating his black hair like the tinsel on a holly tree. And always one to keep schedules, he ushered his children outside and locked the front door. Powers, huh?
2: Uh, Don't say it like
3: that, Dad. Don't you know about quantum physics?
1: They walked over to an SUV where Nia Croft was standing, talking on her cell phone. She smiled at her children and mouthed, I'll be right there. Colin glanced at his wife and tapped his finger against his watch in an attempt to get her to hurry along before he got in the driver's seat.
2: Is that what you're learning in school? No. They don't teach us about that type of stuff in
3: school. We just memorize and regurgitate facts that we'll never use again in our life.
2: They should, though. It's way more interesting. Hey, regurgitate is a big word. Bet you learned it in school.
3: Totally missing the point, Dad.
2: I know, I know. Well, look, as long as your independent research doesn't interfere with your homework, you keep doing what you're doing.
1: Allie pulled out her cell phone and put in her headphones, the telltale sign that a teenager had had enough of parental wisdom. Ethan had long since stuck his nose into his copy of Yes! magazine. He was 12, four years younger than his sister, and unlike Allie had given up trying to convince his parents that their worldview was incredibly limited. Adults thought they knew everything, or at the very least, more than their kids. Ethan was of the opinion that while that was true in some cases, something happened to adults that sucked out their imaginations. It was like the adult rite of passage to stop believing in the fantastical once they reached a certain age. Ethan was determined that neither he nor his sister would ever get like that when they grew up. Did you make that promise to yourself as a child? Did you keep it? (sighs) Ready. Let's go. I
3: thought we said no work today. It wasn't work. Hey, you two back there. Ready to have some fun?
0: Oh yeah! I got the dowsing rods. (laughs) Cool.
1: Though he wanted to, Colin didn't ask who Nia had been talking to on the phone. They were six months into their separation, and he didn't feel like he had that right anymore. The family lapsed into a comfortable silence as they made the 45-minute drive to their destination chosen by their children. In case you were not aware, scattered across New England, there are hundreds upon thousands of miles of ancient stone circles, walls, rows, and chambers. The Croft family SUV finally stopped just a few yards back from two of these chambers. A stone wall ran alongside them to the east, right on the edge of the forest line. It was a pretty enough sight, with the multicolored leaves of fall hanging from the trees and scattered over the ground, decorating the earth.
0: So cool!
1: The young lad put his magazine away. Now, his nose pressed against the window. The moment Colin turned off the car, Allie and Ethan scrambled out and raced over to the chamber. Colin and Nia, as adults do, were slower to get out of the car, taking the time to watch their children's excitement with affectionate amusement. Colin tucked his hands into his jeans' pockets and stole a glance over at his wife. She looked good. She always did. But more than that, she looked happy. She looked content. It was chilly, and her dark-skinned cheeks were rosy because of the wind. Her dark-brown eyes were lively. Much more so than they'd been the last two years of their marriage. Or so he thought.
2: So? What's his name? We're not doing this today. I'm not doing anything. I was just... asking. You're never just asking, Colin. I promise I won't beat him up.
1: I tell you, it was positively precious when he was rewarded with the slightest twitch of her lips, a telltale sign of her amusement. She gave a tiny shake of her head, looking away from him and back at their children. Jacob. Colin's jealousy flared. Oh dear. It made his shoulders square and his jaw set. Colin nodded curtly, and because she was right... It really wouldn't be fair to the kids if they did this today, walked away from her. Nia sighed. They act like children sometimes. Adults, especially when they're hurt. And like children, Colin made an assumption that wasn't true. But Nia hadn't corrected him either, and perhaps she should have. Who knows. Let's continue.
0: Guys, you gotta come see this!
1: The doorway was typical, but short. Nia and Colin had to duck passing through it. They were able to straighten to their full height when they got into the chamber, but the ceiling was still low, so much that there was maybe an inch between it and Colin's head. There was nothing remarkable about the inside of the chamber, except that it was a lot cleaner than either Nia or Colin had expected, but that was a passing thought. Sunlight streamed in through the one window, spreading the light perfectly. The stone walls were smooth, the floor sprinkled with only the occasional leaf that blew in through the window. Ethan held his dowsing rods crossed lightly over the top of one another and was walking slowly around the perimeter of the chamber. Allie held her video camera and was panning around in a circle.
0: How cool is this place? Very
3: cool. Getting any readings? Here, uh, give me the camera so you can get in the shot. Wait, you and Mom have to get in the shot first, Dad. I want to take a picture too.
1: Colin and Nia walked to the middle of the chamber. There is sometimes an awkward moment when two people who haven't touched each other in what seemed like a very long time are forced into intimacy. Not because they don't want to, but because they do. And as adults are prone to do, they've overcomplicated something so simple. So there they stood, nearly shoulders to shoulder, their smiles a little strained. Ethan glanced at his parents and could sense how uncomfortable they were immediately. Children are very in tune to those sorts of things, in case you didn't know. Like children often do, he decided to make it worse. Get closer, Mom and Dad.
3: We'll
2: block your light if we do.
3: Seriously? If you two don't get closer, I'm going to banish you to another realm where you're permanently stuck together!
1: Allie and Ethan didn't realize it, but the moment Allie said, "'Banish you to another realm,' The chamber did what it's meant to do, which meant that Nia and Colin Croft disappeared. Chapter 2 No, but seriously, where are we? You think the only people who are people are the people who look and think like you. But if you walk the footsteps of a stranger, you'll learn things you never knew. You never knew. Colors of the Wind To be teleported for the first time is an incredibly odd sensation. It's a full-body tingle that's somehow just a little different from the way it feels when your foot falls asleep. It's followed by a bright flash of light in front of your eyes, causing you to blink, and then BAM! You're somewhere new. The first thing Colin and Nia noticed was that their children were no longer in front of them.
2: Allie?
1: Ethan? Nia was the first to realize the chamber was... different. There was the same window behind them, but it was dark out. Inside the chamber, there were rectangular-shaped crystals embedded into the stone, and they were glowing, providing the room with a warm, soothing light.
2: Colin? What just happened? I...
3: I don't know. Allie! Ethan!
1: If they needed more proof that they were not where they had been originally, here it was. Night had suddenly fallen, an almost full moon hanging low in the sky. As Colin and Mia exited the chamber, it was easy for them to see that the landscape was nearly identical because tall, gleaming silver rods stretched a good seven feet above the ground. Circular-shaped crystals sat on their tops glowing with the same soothing tone as the ones inside the chamber. It wasn't quiet. The woods around them were alive with wildlife. But Nia and Colin noticed that while some sounds were familiar, others were not. In between the crickets' hum and the true katydids, there were voices and giggles. But they were faint and sounded to Nia and Colin almost ethereal.
2: Ethan! Ethan! Allie! Is that you out there? That's not them, Colin. How
1: did we lose daylight? Where are we? And where are the kids? Now, usually when faced with the sudden disappearance of one's children, parents are highly upset, frantic even. Colin and Nia, while concerned, were not at that level of panic. That was because instinctively on a level they were not yet ready to recognize, they knew their children were fine. Before either one of them could answer the other one's question, they heard voices echo out from the chamber. A second later, out walked a very handsome man with long, straight, blonde hair, a pointed nose, and Colin and Mia realized with some amazement, pointed ears. Very pointed ears. Elf-like pointed ears. With the man was a young boy no more than eight or nine, that shared his father's remarkable features. He was looking up at his father in pure, childlike excitement.
3: That was great practice, Dad. You did exceptionally well. Your mind is getting
1: stronger
3: every day.
1: It was then Kalanon noticed Nia and Colin. At first, he looked surprised, but not for the reason you might think. Oh my goodness!
3: "'Well, hello. We usually don't see you in these parts.'
0: "'Kapui! I thought I'd have to travel a hundred thousand miles to see you!'
3: "'Now, Thalion, don't exaggerate. Humans don't live that far away.'"
1: At this point, Colin and Nia were both thoroughly confused. They looked at each other, then back at the couple. Colin frowned. His first thought was that the man in front of him was obviously a lunatic. Nia, on the other hand... Thought the man must be playing with his son and was loath to break character, whatever that might be.
3: Uh, excuse us. Um, I'm Naya. This is my husband, Colin. Uh, did you just come from inside that chamber? Well, hello, Colin and Nia. I'm Kalanon, and this is my son, Thalion. And yes, of of course, we did. It's the fastest method of transportation around here, and it's high time for Thalion
2: to exercise his mental muscles. Didn't you come from the chamber? Transportation? That chamber? Yes, that chamber. And your son knows how to operate it? Very well. He gets better every day. How is he able to do that? With
3: his mind, of course. With his mind?
1: Yes. How
2: else would he do it? With a button or a control panel or something more realistic, maybe?
1: Kalanon was beginning to grow uncomfortable under Colin's disapproving eyes. He took a step back from Colin and Nia, drawing his son closer to him.
2: Are you two feeling all right? I'm fine. It's you I'm worried about. Seriously, I need to know how this thing works so I can get back to my children. I told you how it works. I don't understand why you won't listen. And your children should know how it works. If you're not teaching them,
3: you're in violation of the law, you know? Humans don't get a free pass.
0: My elementals instructor told me humans got banished to the upper islands because they were arrogant and mean. Is that true? You don't look mean. You're... what?
1: Nia, who realized the situation was wildly spiraling out of hand, smiled and stepped forward to use her body as a bit of a buffer between her husband and the strange people in front of them. She smiled at Kalanon and Thalion.
3: Excuse him. He's had a long day. Thank you for your help.
1: Kalanon eyed the two of them suspiciously now. His son tugged impatiently on his hand.
0: Come on, Dad, I don't want to miss the new moon ceremony.
1: All right,
3: all right, Thalion. Uh, namaste, you two.
1: Kalanon took his son by the hand and led him down a lighted trail that went into the woods.
3: What a nut job. You're not helping the situation by calling him that.
2: I couldn't ask that question in any clearer English, Naya. Why would he think that? It doesn't matter.
3: We've obviously gone somewhere let's Let's just figure out how to use
2: this thing. That's ridiculous. We couldn't have gone anywhere.
3: Look around, Colin. Did you see these light posts earlier? Or how about the ones in the chamber? It's impossible. How could we have gone somewhere else? That's the million dollar question of the day, isn't it? <sighs> I'm going back inside to try to figure out where the control panel or whatever is.
2: Yeah, you do that. I'm going to go walk over to the SUV, get my cell phone, and call the kids to find out where they are.
1: Yes, do that. Nia turned her back on him, walking into the chamber. Colin stood there for just a moment. He gave his head a hard shake and stalked off in the direction he was certain he'd left the car funny thing about fear-based certainty against an impossible gut instinct. One always wins out over the other. Guess which. At any rate, Colin walked and Colin walked. Sometimes in a straight line, sometimes in a circle. He backtracked. He stopped and started and walked forward again. But try as he might, he could not find the location they left the vehicle. It was as if it simply didn't exist anymore. Nia wasn't having much better luck inside the chamber. She searched the walls, the floors, and the strange lamps. She pressed on stones, ran her fingernail into crevices. She even kicked the wall a few times when her frustration got the better of her. But try as she might, she could not find the chamber's control panel. Though in two different places, Nia and Colin gave up their searches at the exact same time. Nia dropped her back against the wall, her arms folded in front of her, a deep, frustrated frown on her face. Colin began his walk back to the chamber, stomping a bit like a frustrated child. And at that moment, inside the chamber where Nia stood, the Malak arrived. The Malak were the police force of Maketh, the place Nia and Colin journeyed to. Rest assured, it is not so far from your own dimension. The walls between dimensions are much thinner and easier to traverse than you might imagine. The Malak appeared human, but were deceiving creatures, capable of shape-shifting into the animal they most resonated with. The two that appeared in front of Nia were wearing immaculately pressed dark blue uniforms. What gave away that they were not human were their tails. Curved, bushy tails like you'd find on a Siberian Husky extended from their backsides. A space was made in the uniform to accommodate their physique, of course. Nia was quite startled at their appearance because they literally just appeared. There was no warning. One minute she was alone, the next she was not. To be fair, there was some warning, but if you didn't notice what to look for, it would be easy to miss. When one is about to teleport oneself, the space in front of them ripples ever so subtly, taking on a water-like quality, a translucent ripple in the fabric of space and time. Nia blinked several times, staring at the men in clear shock. They didn't look nearly as surprised to see her.
2: Are you the human known as Nia?
1: Well, poor Nia just couldn't find her voice. Once she got over the fact they appeared out of nowhere, she noticed their tails. And when her brain confirmed that what her eyes were seeing was correct, that was more a shock than poor Nia could take, and she fainted. Thankfully, Malak are very fast creatures, and the one without a mustache caught her, saving her from a painful bump on the head. At that moment, Colin walked into the chamber.
2: I have no friggin' idea where the damn car is! What a
1: scene this was for him. Two strange, stern-faced men sporting unfamiliar uniforms, and tails no less, were standing there, with one of them holding his wife. What the hell are you? And what did you do to my wife?
2: Are you the human known as kuh Get your damn paw off me! What did you do to her? Naya! Naya,
0: are you alright? Calm down, human. She fainted is all.
2: Fee the love of! I asked you a question, Ooman! Are you kuh What? Yes! Yes, I'm Colin, if that's what you're trying to say. What?
0: Who are you? By order of his angelicness, Raziel, overseer of the dominion known as Maketh, you are under arrest for the crime of wrongful parenting. Excuse me? If I were you,
2: I'd be keeping my oath shut right aboot now.
1: It took Colin a moment to translate what the Malak had just said, and in that time, Colin... Nia and the Malax
0: disappeared. I hope you've enjoyed listening to A Fairy Tale for Adults. Please remember to subscribe, leave us a review, and share this story with your friends. To catch more of our original and fandom audio dramas and tabletop shows, visit our website, talesoftheforgotten.com. A fairy tale for adults was written and directed by Crystal Storm. Sound design by Hannah Cardiac. Starring, in order of appearance, Zoe Lee as Daniella, the narrator; Robert Patrick as Colin; Kay Riley as Ally; Ren Alberg as Ethan; Tara as Naya; Adam Corman as Kalanon; Guama Harstanel as Thalanon; Joe Moyer as Barley, and Gavirak. As Charlie. Join us next Tuesday for episode two of a fairy tale. And don't forget to join us for our live listen parties and after shows with the cast and crew of a fairy tale. To learn more, you know what to do. Go to our website, Talesoftheforgotten.com.